Hey, this is Luke Fagenbush, and you're listening to How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, a show where we talk about different performers doing terribly on stage. And I'm here with my co-host, it's... Lauren Hutton! How's it yeah, going? Yeah, it is. Is everybody feeling super nice on this one? What? Wait, what day is it? When do we release these? Uh, Tuesday and then Wednesday. Depending on where you're listening to us from, it's a beautiful Tuesday <laughs> slash Wednesday. Just look outside. I'm sure the weather's cleared up by now. Uh, ignoring the fact that most of you just wait until the weekend. And you're probably listening <laughs> on a Saturday while you're, you know, cleaning up your house or not. Oh, I don't okay. know. Okay, let's, let's take another go at it. It's a beautiful insert day of your choice here i hope you're having a great insert the same day here let's just make a mad libs intro yes i love it who did we have on the show insert pronoun name proper noun not pronoun prop oh yep who was it clinton jacobs they don't get a choice that's who the episode's about he was very blankly and he performed (laughs) blankly Listen, to do this Mad Libs, you're going to have to download the episode to Audacity and re-record over it. But trust me, it's worth it because Clinton is hilarious. Super funny guy. Listen, if you put poop in some of the blank spots we we leave in the episode, you're going to have yourself a real giggle. Like... I don't know if you've done a Mad Libs before. Always choose poop. I mean, it's the only thing. <laughs> he, uh. he, he was very pooply, and he <laughs> pooped. <laughs> okay, we're selling Clinton short here. What do you do? He was he, Okay, if you've ever wondered what goes on behind the counter of a Starbucks, when you notice that the person working behind that counter seems, you know, they don't belong there. Obviously, they're a very, very intelligent, creative type person. What are they doing? Being barista-ing. He was an agent of chaos it- in a Starbucks <laughs> until he found his outlet as a musician slash comedian. Yeah, that's what Which, I was trying to say. <laughs> the Starbucks CEO fell on his knees and thanked God the day Clinton Jacobs decided to, like, tour with his band. Which, before COVID, I... I only knew him as a comedian, but he was getting signed to a national label. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So he was a for real big boy musician. Big boy musician. (laughs) 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 Which is insane because he's so multi-talented. Like he knows how to work a room. He knows how to be incredibly funny on stage. And and we talk about how those skills like cross over between you know all different types of live performance. It was a great episode. I hope you enjoy it. I hope that- I'll tell you what. Pisses me off a little bit how talented he is, but that's okay. Only a little bit? I'm furious. I'm absolutely enraged about it. I think it comes through toward the tail end of the episode. You can hear that. I cried when I edited this. (laughs) I cried because he was so funny. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, Clinton, why is your tongue blue? Um, I had a, a, a little little treat uh i don't know if your viewers can a little little tasty freeze but this is a little uh blueberry malt that i got at the parlor and otr and it was delicious a blueberry blueberry malt malt. like you remember when you go to king's island and you get the blueberry ice cream Mm -hmm. they make they do the same ice cream there 
I didn't oh know that that God. was like a Cincinnati staple, but apparently it's real regional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really is. we have blue poop here. Like that's exactly <laughs> what we're about. We eat a lot of food coloring <laughs> that doesn't get processed by our bodies and just comes right out the backside, nice and stripy. I'm gonna paint that bowl. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever drink the like uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror Burger King drink <laughs> that painted your no. tongue black? Yeah, because oh that would literally Lord. turn your poop blue. Like, <laughs> like that's pretty cool, and that was ten times better than painting my tongue black. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's what I'm buying it for from now on. The most ultimate wait for it moment. <laughs> <laughs> You're running around showing your friends, look at my tongue, look at my tongue, give me a day. <laughs> no, drink this, now wait three hours. You're going to freak. <laughs> You're going to go to the hospital when you see what comes out of you. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, that's a real treehouse of <laughs> Oh, man. So, I, I mean, is. I can't think of any other foods that do that to the your green body. Ketchup. Remember and the, all I want to know ketchup. now. Remember what? the green ketchup that they put out and Nickelodeon oh, yeah. did? The green ketchup? No, I, I I was raised in a Christian household. We didn't do fun. <laughs> yeah. um, None of that. There was malarkey. no Mortal Kombat. There was no Power Rangers. There was no Pokemon. Oh. And there definitely wasn't any Damn. green ketchup. That's of the devil. Oh, jeez. I, I was allowed to get Pokemon because I was raised pretty Christian, too. I just couldn't use, like, the psychic and ghost types. <laughs> I had to pick those out of the deck and let them throw them away. That's the weird Ever. That fucking rules. <laughs> they got, they oh got real God. freaked out by the Sabrina episode where they. <laughs> no, those are demons. <laughs> Clearly. No, Pikachu's adorable, but no, 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 no. Get Haunter out of my house. My parents oh my wouldn't God. let me have Furbies. Well, I, I we're, understand we're, just, that. Those are creepy. They're, they're not. It's not even creepy. It's just like it, for real. This was my mom's response. Was she was like, "I don't want you to be gay." Like that was it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "I can't get you a Furby because everybody will think you're gay." And I was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> "Well, <laughs> give me the Jewel CD instead, and we'll see how this turns out." <laughs> yeah, maybe if you got a Furby, it would have turned you straight. Maybe she just she misstepped by one. She fucked up. She yeah. really did. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong talisman. Oh my god. Were they were your parents religious? Were you raised in like a, re a religious background or did she just really not want you to be chastised <laughs> for how people would look at you for she, having a fur? Th they were my family was like really religious. Now my mom was, my dad did not give a fuck. So it was like my mom was like super gotcha. religious and and told us, you know, Jesus was watching us like all the time and all the God and prayer and stuff. <laughs> and then my dad would be like drunk on the couch, convinced that I could do magic. Like that was like the, <laughs> the, the household I lived in where my dad built me a magic table to do magic for him when he came home drunk. And I did not know how to do magic. So and this was pre-internet. So my mom was yelling at me that I was the devil why I was making forks disappear by just throwing them because <laughs> my dad was very drunk 
<laughs> oh, did you do that like ten-year-old trick where you tapped it three times on your palm, and the last one it was over your shoulder? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and he built the table, so he kind of set it up for me to like hide shit. But he, for some reason, like loved magic, so it was just like I was deemed the fucking magic, the magician, the inner, the talent for my drunk dad's <laughs> dinner showcase he had every night watching TV. What a weird flex on that cliche. Because like 90% of the time you hear like, yeah, I don't want to play baseball anymore. My dad just wants me to do it because he didn't make it into the MLB. Like I've never <laughs> heard anyone that builds a magic table. I want him to be magical because I'm not. <laughs> Fulfill my dream, son. I built you a table. Like, dog, it was just like a table with a shelf at the bottom and he just put like a like a blanket over it he was like it's a magic table i don't know what to tell you but you got to do magic every night now (laughs) (laughs) how big was it like how long how Uh, wide i mean it was it was like three foot it was probably i don't know it was like three or four foot tall it was just like it was a shitty table too it wasn't like built well he didn't put time into it (laughs) like my dad was a functioning alcoholic so it was cut uneven it sat uneven (laughs) <laughs> and it's just how is it yeah, standing magic magic <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the magic trick the table didn't collapse yeah he didn't cut his arm off with a table saw that was like <laughs> <laughs> oh man how did your parents feel when you like told them like hey i'm i'm gonna tell jokes and try and make money off of that um maybe? well they didn't really give a shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a nurturing yeah, couple. They, uh, so my fa- my it's so weird because they were like really my mom was really li- religious like I said my dad really just didn't give a shit my dad was in the, a military guy who was very very dim- like very like you will never join the military I if you join the military you're not gonna oh. be my kid because the military sucks so I need you to be a <laughs> magician you can't be yeah. in the army also don't be gay <laughs> but here's a hobby I need you to pick up. <laughs> That's also very gay leaning, but it's, yeah, I, I didn't really get into comedy until like late. I loved comedy. I went, I I think for my 18th birthday, I went to go bananas. That was like, I have a picture of me with Doug. Oh yeah. And I I loved comedy, but I really didn't get into it until later because I started really with like music and then I would do like sketch stuff and things on the side. And then I think later on, like geez like 26 27 i started like dabbling into it and getting into comedy but it it, was things with entertainment though like even with music and stuff my my parents were always like super supportive they were like always like if that's what you want to do just go hard like that's it like i don't we don't care just do what you want to do and i was like okay that's sick like that's cool uh I mean, talk. Okay, we were joking about them being like a wonderfully nurturing <laughs> couple or whatever, but like that level of support for like a kid is yeah. paramount. Like just to have the adults in their life saying like, "It doesn't matter what you want to do, just try yeah. hard." That was it. If if it, especially yeah. with music, <laughs> like I, I started doing, I started really doing music hardcore at like. 16, 17, and then I just never finished high school because my dad was like, Yeah, you should just do this all the time. So he was like adamant Dude. about me. He was because he never finished high school. So he was just like, Fuck it. Like, just if this is what you want to do, like, just work at Kroger and do that all the time. And I was like, I could make money during that eight <laughs> hours. I don't have what the hell? Like, fuck you, school. So I stopped going to school. And my dad just straight up, they called one day and they were like, Yo, you're just to let you know, Clinton hasn't been, Clinton hasn't showed up for like a week thinking like, 
they were gonna tear me apart. My dad was like, "Yeah, he got a job at Kroger. Like he's done." <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> that's so wild that like if you let a kid make money, they'll just turn into a productive member of society and love it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll make money. <laughs> yeah, I was like, taxes, sweet. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, I can work at Starbucks and Kroger and make money and steal. This is great. <laughs> Oh my god. Did you work at Kroger like during the time that they started putting in U scans cuz I feel like that would have been a good day for anyone that had been robbing their <laughs> Dog, job. Actively. I robbed Kroger relentlessly for years. <laughs> like years and years and years I worked there. I stole all the time. I would change um so I worked at the Starbucks and I would do like goofy shit all the time. Like for some reason I became assistant manager at like 17 and that was a horrible mistake cuz I just hired my friends. So Excuse me. We would do this thing where my friend Alyssa would come in and we'd have a line and she would pretend like she got there late and I would be making people's drinks while actively tr- like firing her. So she would be like crying while working. But it was all a joke. <laughs> it was like all a joke. And it, it would make crying. people leave the line so we didn't have to work as hard because it's uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> so I'd just be actively being oh like, I don't God. care if you got two kids. I don't give a shit. You need to show up on time. <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like taking people's orders and be like, yeah, grande, white mocha. And be like, just get your shit. After we get done with this line, I need you out of here. I don't want to, I don't want to see you. And she'd be like fake crying and like handing off drinks, shaking. And like, di- she was so good at looking like disheveled. And oh sad. my God, dude. There's such a funny element yeah. to that. The idea of you saying, as soon as this line is done, <laughs> get your shit and get out. And then people leave yeah. the line. They give her no grace, no mercy. They're like, well, yeah, we can help with that. Goodbye. <laughs> We used to write on the bottom of the Starbucks cups. We'd have a row of normal cups, and if somebody was shitty, we had the shitty cups. And when you would pull the shitty cup up, it would have a, a saying on the bottom like, I suck dick, or I'm a piece of shit, or I cheat on my wife. Jeez. So when, when people would drink it, that's what people would read on the other side. And that's how I got fired the first time, because they turned... <laughs> Somebody. I was about to ask, how long did they let you be manager? <laughs> Dude, they let me be manager for too long because not only that, they would make you stock the milk cooler because they would make you do double duty. So I would just throw the milk away. So I wouldn't have to put it on the shelf. I would just get it off the truck and toss it into the dumpster and be like, well, it's gone. But they fired me and they brought me in and they made me look at all the cups. They like they they wanted to the manager was the store manager brought me in. My mom worked there at the same time, too. So they had her up there and me up there to like make this big fucking statement. So they had all the cups lined up and my mom's sitting there and she's got her hands in her her, uh, head in her hands and. She's sitting there, and I, I was like, oh, fuck, I can't make my mom up. This is crazy. And I saw the cups, and I was like, fuck. You, oh, shit. So the guy was like, he's like, you want to, ah! I knocked my light over. He's like, you want to explain this? <laughs> you want to explain what these are? And I was like, uh, I don't know, just playing it dumb. And he was like, well, it's your handwriting, so why don't you read a few of these to your mom? So I had to, like, read them out loud. <laughs> And like nervous 17 year old kid, nervous at the fact that I know I'm going to laugh because some of them are like, I, I eat my poop and like really childish shit. And you know, like I suck, I suck myself off and stuff like that. And like just horrible shit. And I was reading them and my mom's just like so upset. And the guy was like, well, you just, if, if what you need to do is you just need to resign. You just need to walk away. That's how we're going to do it. I'm just going to fire you. So I'm not going to put it on a record or anything so you can get another job, but we just can't have you here. 
And I was like, that's fine. And I was like, is my mom going to get in trouble? That's all I cared about. And they were like, no, we just want your mom to know that, like, you know, we're not firing you for just a random reason. We're firing you for this reason. And I was like, okay. So I leave, terrified. My mom's going to get mad, pace the floor the entire time, waiting for my mom to get off work. My mom gets home, and she comes in the door, and she's like, you need to sit down. And I was like, I'm fucking dead. And I, I was on thin ice, too, because they were going to kick me out. And I was like... I was like, I'm so sorry. And my mom was like, that is the hardest I've ever tried not to laugh in my entire life. <laughs> She's like, I had to fake cry for 20 minutes in front of this man as he read cups disgusted. Being like, who's Stinky Boy? Why is he writing Stinky Boy under a cup? And my mom said she just all she knew to do was put her put her head in her hands and pretend like she's crying, but she said I, she was laughing the whole time. She's just shaking and they don't know. What's going on. Yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah, it ruled. I was like, and then they hired me back like a month later because they couldn't find anybody to do the job, and I went right back to stealing, like right back to just stealing oh like crazy. God. They just check the bottom of the cups every so That's often. That's all they They're did, like, dude. You nailed it. They would just come and make sure I didn't do the the books and or like the cups when literally if they looked at the pastry case, I turned everything, every label into Ponderosa spaghetti. Every label, <laughs> every item that you could buy at Starbucks was Ponderosa spaghetti or spaghetti with meatballs. So... <laughs> So were you, you were playing music pretty much as soon as you started working or before you started working before. Uh, yeah. So I, d I did some touring, um, when I was like 16, uh, there we did, I did some very touring. That's pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, so MySpace <laughs> was the thing back then. So you could get a, you could get a following pretty quick if you had good shit. So we, yeah. me at the time and my, uh, uh, girlfriend at the time uh we played in a band together because we loved the white stripes so we had this like knockoff white stripes band and we would post music and uh it got like a a following because casey was like a pretty girl who played drums and we had this like sound that was popular at the time so we got some shows in like detroit and um detroit and cleveland and columbus and we just lied to our families and said that we were staying at each other's houses for the weekend but we just paid a guy that I barely <laughs> knew to drive us to Detroit and uh, help us like drive to these shows because neither of us have ever drove on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> so so you were pretty much, you started out as like a Jack White guy, oh. kind of bluesy guitarist. Dog, hell yeah. That was like, yeah. That's, that's all like, I, I don't get me wrong. I love Jack White. I, I love the... Uh, the White Stripes, I've had opportunities to work with Third Man Records, which has been tight later on in my life. So it's been like all full circle. But yeah, First Love, Out of the Gate was like Jack White, White Stripes sound. That changed my mind because I was like, holy shit, you don't have to fucking rip solos. You could just, you could write shit with just simple chords and it'd be sick. Like, that's what yeah. I loved. It was like simplicity and it was honest and it was raw. And at the time, everything I was listening to was like guitar leads. And I was like, I can't do that. But that, I was like, I can do this. I can I can do this. And somebody was successful at doing it. So it was like really inspiring. So yeah, White Stripes for That's sure. really cool. Because yeah. I've only known you as a comic. Yeah. And I never assumed there was another thing because you're really good at comedy. I'm like, no, you can't like also. <laughs> yeah. But... I find out you How have dare an you entire be dimensional. successful music career. <laughs> 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 
it's I, but I've always <laughs> I've always loved comedy because that's the reason why I got into music because because of the white stripes and the like the rawness and you know, the white stripes they never have a set list they just go out and they play by the uh, Jack White plays by the tune of the audience so when he walks out he like gets a gauge from the tune like he figures out the key of the audience and he picks a song out of their catalog to start in the key of whatever the audience in the room feels. It's nuts. And then he also doesn't tell Meg. So the whole time, if you watch a White Stripes live concert, it's like it's like comedy because it's like they're just riffing. Like you have no idea if it's going to be successful or fail. Every concert. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. it's amazing. It's so sick to watch because the ones that fail are my favorite. Not because I want to watch somebody fail. It's because how the fuck are you going to dig yourself out of this? Like that's... Oh, just like comedy man. where you watch somebody it's, bomb 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 and you're like you know you're you know they're funny you know they're funny like why are they doing this right now and then it's like that last <laughs> minute or two they like rip the room apart and you're like ah oh, that's what that's what i like i love that yeah dude it's like you wrote that segue for this podcast are you did did you did you i prep prepped a this? little bit is this something you prepped, <laughs> I prepped okay a bit. okay all right <laughs> he's got notes he brought a computer. He's plugged into the Ethernet. I got it all, baby. I oh got my a ring God. light. I got Dude. an SM58. I got the mic cover. <laughs> you have a mic cover, light? so we got none of that. The big P's and pops. So I've been very aware. Oh, so professional. So golden and professional. You're doing better than well, we are, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So how long did you, like, take to learn your instrument before you started touring? Because it couldn't have been a long no, time. It was 13. So I really, originally really wanted to play drums, but my dad wouldn't let me play drums because they were too loud and a drunk. So it would like <laughs> keep them awake. <laughs> but my dad played bluegrass and he was like, you should play guitar. And I was like, I don't want to play guitar because everybody in my family play guitar. And then uh, a Christmas, I wanted drums really bad. And then he, he got me a guitar instead. And I remember as a kid, I remember as a kid, I was really like upset and pissed. But my dad was like, you'll thank me later. If you can learn this, we'll get you drums. And I was like, okay. So then he, he, he was too drunk to teach me. So he would draw out the, the mornings, he would draw out the chords on a piece of paper of like where I put my hands. And then I would get it in the morning. And by night, it just, he was obliterated. So it didn't matter. So <laughs> I would work on it and practice after the magic show. I would work on it. <laughs> <laughs> you had a full day. Uh, yeah, entertainment out the ass. Like uh, the, I, you got the morning call. You got to get ready. All that other stuff. There's sound checks. There's lighting checks. Got to make sure. You got to make sure the blankets are right on the couch for my dad. So when he inevitably passes out. Uh, but no, we. <laughs> so did, did spite playing the guitar affect your style at all? Because you're like, yes. God damn it, I want to play the drums this whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Like, all, I didn't want to learn any bluegrass, so he would show me chords, and I was like, I just want to learn power chords. Fuck that. I'm not going to learn bluegrass. And then I would learn power chords, and then I, I got into learning chords. And yeah, I just started like, uh, I wanted to play everything that they, he did not play. So it was like that whole like rebellion <laughs> shit. But now I like love bluegrass and I love all that stuff. But it's yeah, I've I I learned it. And then by the time I learned it, uh, like the next like two years later, like where I was figuring it out and getting proficient at it. He was like, do you want he's like, do you still want drums? And I was like, no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> no, I, I like no. I like guitar. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm glad I'm he got it because that kind of kicked kicked in the gears for me for that. 
That's amazing, man. So like you, you basically learned your instrument and immediately were able to find a following and then find venues that were willing to book you based on your online. Yeah, following. and we lied. We had to lie about all that. So <laughs> we you know, a lot of venues will not let you in at sixteen, seventeen years old. That's just not Absolutely, not a thing. Yeah. And with MySpace at the time and how kind of new social media was, we just always said we were twenty one. Like I looked older. Oh, I had man. a mustache and a beard and everything then. I like looked older in high school. I grew hair before everybody so I could pull it off. And then Casey just had huge tits. So it just did not matter. <laughs> like they just saw a guy with a beard and a chick with big tits and they're like, Yeah, you guys are cool. Like, that's fine. Uh, yeah, it's Come on cool. in. It's fine. No ideas needed. The, the fucking double D's in front of me are enough. So we checked your MySpace profile. You're 21. <laughs> you believe it. Yeah. Listen, we went to XXX Clinton Chaos XXX, and it all checks out. You're 21 years old. That HTML is not lying. We know that you're 21 years old. How many How many states have you played music in? Uh, not Alaska. Let's do the ones I <laughs> let's do the ones I haven't. Not Alaska, not New Mexico, the end. Not really? not Hawaii, Hawaii not Hawaii. Oh yeah. god, no, damn. no, no Hawaii. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna be impressed, but also, why do you hate New Mexico? Oh, I, I just haven't got. I would play New Mexico in a heartbeat, but I just I, I haven't got anything there ever. So I, I would love to, but yeah. Uh, yeah, not Alaska, even though I'd really like to, um, and not New Mexico yet, but everywhere everywhere else, oddly enough. Holy crap, dude. How many years of like active music touring did you have under your belt before you started doing comedy? You said you started doing comedy like 26, 27? Yeah, so like 10 years. Holy yeah. smokes, man. 10 years, and then uh, 10 years with one band, and then I, I started my current band, Flies, and that was kind of like all of the the little bands I've done and the high school band and like the band with Casey and then all the writing all kind of like turned into this band that was just mostly like uh, I was trying to be all these different people, just kind of how like comedy, when you start in comedy, you try to you emulate what you know. And I, right. I was yeah, definitely yeah. trying to be like the Jack White and all that stuff. And then I just, it kind of, I kind of like the more I did it, the more I like, was aware that it wasn't me and then honest moments of myself would come out in writing and music that I was like, I, ca I started to lean away from the safety of trying to emulate somebody who I know is successful and started leaning more towards uh, me and originality. And that kind of opened up a lot more doors for me because people started seeing like honesty. They liked what I was doing because it was sellable at the time. It was like, oh, people will listen to this. But then as I leaned right, into yeah. honesty, it opened up a doorway even more. I, I, you know, same thing with comedy where it's like, oh, now he has a voice. Now he has like something to say. And that, the audience I originally had with the band was there, but then people would drop off. You would see people that were like, they were there for the whole, like, this is a this is a $5 version of the White Stripes instead of paying $50 to see them. And then it kind of leaned right, yeah. more into this new thing where then I grew a new audience that was more, like, respectful and uh, more supportive of what I was doing because it came from, like, an honest place. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, that's, yeah, I think that's the same thing that I was, I've been, when it comes to comedy, uh, is still what I'm trying to figure out is like how how can I be as honest as I as I am in bands uh, and on stage? 
and it's still okay, difficult. So I'm almost entirely music illiterate. Mm-hmm. Like I was third chair trumpet. <laughs> Hell yeah. In senior year. Like, Hell yeah. <laughs> I was in the lower band class with a bunch of sophomores and I was still third chair. <laughs> It was a fun class, but I wasn't good at what I did. They were in remedial band. How do you you even invent that? No, we it it kicked ass because we would get these like we would get these projects where everybody would try really hard in the upper band, and then he'd come to the lower band, and it's like, okay, we're doing solos and duets and stuff. And the third chair trumpets would always be like, yeah, we're going to do our same shitty thing. And we always formed the group Luke and the Dildots. And my band director is like, you can't use that name. That's <laughs> but uh, so they're like, but we're someone... different. <laughs> yeah, punk third trumpet. That's <laughs> So how would you describe your like style is that what you mean by finding yourself yeah so musically yeah so to someone with that level of musical knowledge okay. how would you describe so that? yeah <laughs> totally so it's it, when i say finding my voice it's exactly that it's going it's it's doing a style it's finding like the way i write and perform and create music and sound and stuff like that so everything went from this like garage rocky kind of sound to more like chaotic noise but with a really good vocal melody on top so i always liked everything that i like about the white stripes is like the heaviness the rawness and the energy but i was like how can i do this again but louder and bigger and with a melody on top and that's that's what i've figured my my niche market is that's really funny because uh how long were you doing comedy before like I saw you start in Cincinnati because that would have been what three or four years ago. Yeah, and I probably about three years to be honest, like doing it so three years. When you started that, like at the very beginning, you were that for comedy. You were just l- loud as fuck <laughs> and really raw. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that your music and your comedy were just kind of the same personality. Oh, that. yeah. And it's like when I started music, it was like super nerve wracking and I was like very stagnant and still. And now it's at a point where like uh, with the band now and, and before COVID, uh, I just had got signed to a national label like in November 2019 and then COVID happened. So we got one tour under our belt oh, dude. before that happened. Oh my god! And it was like the first time I we went we went to venues and it was like, yo, there's a line outside. Like this is this is how yeah. it is. Like there's a line outside. Or we did a CD, we did a fucking CD signing in uh, Logansport, Indiana. And I was like, there's not gonna be a fucking soul here. Like why are we doing this? <laughs> and then we got there and there was a line of people outside of the record store that knew my record. What? A girl had a fucking tattoo of. Yeah, and I had no way to react. Like I was like, I was like, "Why'd you do that?" (laughs) that Which is probably not what she wanted to hear. But I was like, "Why did you do that?" And she's like, "I just, I, I love the work. I, I like what you do. I've been following you." I was like, "But why did you get a tattoo? That's a lot of pressure for me." We weren't sold on the name, to be honest. (laughs) It was, it was weird. So, like, taking all that energy and, and like trying to find like you said at the beginning with with comedy it was like holy shit like i i i listen to everything i've ever done like if i do stand up i record it and then i listen to it as painful as it is 
And I still have my very first set that I did at Mr. Sushi. And uh, Shonky made me do it because I was at a low at the time with music where we weren't doing anything. It was kind of the band was kind of in limbo. I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, Shonky was Zach Shonkweiler was like, you should do stand up. You're funny. You should you should try it. And he drug me out because he was doing stand up at the time. And he made me go up. And I was like, in my head, I was like, this can't be that hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> as, as fucking infuriating as that sounds to a comedian, it would be, it, it, at the time, to me, I was like, it can't be that hard. If somebody with, with a guitar or whatever and sees what I do and doesn't realize all the time and was like, it can't be that hard, I'd be pissed. <laughs> I would be like, yeah. fucking, I've got <laughs> 10, 12 years, maybe 15 under my belt with like everything. Like, I'd be pissed. So I was going with the mindset yeah. like, this ain't going to be that hard. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to uh, tell some jokes, quote unquote, uh, you know, just <laughs> off the dome. Just, just thoughts, you know, because I watched No Refunds by Stanhope once, so I'm good. <laughs> Get ready for me to be Yeah, prolific. it's going to be nuts, because Stanhope doesn't write. He doesn't think about it. He just goes up there and he talks, man. That's It's his truth. <laughs> so Schubert brings me up, um, and I had no idea what to do. He just said my name, so I like walked up and I got the mic. I don't remember 90% of the stuff, but I do remember I just talked about why it's why you can't smoke at King's Island, but there was like nothing about it. I just I literally just <laughs> gave a PSA of like why you can't smoke at King's Island. And I was the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life. For it like overwhelmed me with nerves. Uh and then I got done and I've watched the tape a thousand times where I was like the very end of the clip, I'm just straight up silence the whole time. And I run, I don't know what a light is. So clearly, you know, I fucking, mm-hmm. I smoke that light like no tomorrow. Uh, Schubert comes up and literally takes the mic and I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. And I like walk off. And at the end of the clip, it's uh, Shonky handed me my phone back and I was like, that was fun. That was like the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> was that an honest reaction or were you trying to like deflect? It was it was Something. it was an honest We're- reaction because that's why and I'm sure that's the reason you know why you guys also uh, get into comedy. It's like the rush of and it goes back to like the whole thing of like why I love the white stripes and why I got into music. It's the rush of like will this fail or will this succeed? You have no idea. Like you genuinely have yeah. no oh, idea. Yeah. So that's the kind of feeling I got, and I hadn't had that feeling in years and, and since I first started playing music. Is that a cat? <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, that's I thought it, I thought it was he, my cat, he... so it's good. <laughs> so that's that's why. No, if it was your cat, there would be something wrong with him. But that's just his. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't even know where he's at. But yeah, that's why. That's why I got into it for that feeling of like. And I think because I hadn't had that feeling in a while, I was like so excited. Where I was like, "Holy shit, it's that feeling again!" Of is this going to succeed or is this going to fail? Cause is, I, I want, I love to ride that edge of things. I love that high of like, Holy fuck, this could go either way. It's all in my hands. <laughs> like, yeah. Are you an adrenaline junkie? Would you categorize yourself as such? Honestly? No. Like just okay. with music and performing and like crowds, I've, never been afraid of like large groups or anything but it's always been like trying to pull as many people as i can in um 
but yeah. with like adrenaline no i can't do heights i can't do anything. i will say you definitely take risk with comedy yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> if there's an an adrenaline junkie in you it gets out in comedy oh yeah for sure now 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 lauren now yeah you you both that's a good point that I have said some very risque things that <laughs> that's the best. Yeah. Where uh yeah, I there's a lot of times where I've just thought I want to do this just to see if people get very mad or um they get, you know, or they or they understand it. Uh I've I've, you know, I surfaced this before I'm a gay man, so I say faggot quite a bit. Uh, and, <laughs> and I feel that there was a time w- when, when I was doing, when I was, when I was, when the club was open where I, I was doing a bit, uh, where I just was seeing how many times I could say faggot. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to call out one of your sets. Cause it's one of the hardest times I've ever laughed. It was at urban <laughs> artifact. And there was another comedian who did jokes about how he was by. <laughs> And how he, how he was overweight, and then you were right after him, and the crowd was tight, I would say, but you go up, and you're like, give it up for that big fat faggot, everybody. <laughs> and a round of applause for that huge fat faggot. <laughs> Oh yeah, because yeah, I, I have the recording of that still. Uh, I, I sent it, I think I sent it to Blake and... Uh, that comic at the same time, I, I, I don't think he'll care if we said his name, but uh, I sent it to Jeremy at the time. And, uh, yeah, that that's, I think I talked about like, did you guys eat? Did you get sick? Cause I got sick. Like just like horribly mean. And I didn't even say I was gay for like a minute and a half. <laughs> so people were genuinely like, this is hate speech. Like this is this is not comedy. <laughs> That's so funny to me. <laughs> I think now would be an excellent time to remind everyone that if you're listening to this on the radio, you can get the unedited version <laughs> where we don't bleep out all of the words that we just said. Yeah. Uh, the the NPR <laughs> labeled radio. I forgot you had to put this on the radio. <laughs> We get to put this on. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, is it through Urban Artifact? Yeah, yeah, it's Radio Artifact. Yeah. And, cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, baby. Yeah. Ho- I, good old HD2. If we make it to your episode, we're going to be doing good. <laughs> but if we don't make it past that... <laughs> I fucking... That rules so hard. I can't wait for this to play, and it's just like a big old beep. <laughs> and people are like, hmm, I wonder what he said seven times. <laughs> Your episode was great, but it gave me tinnitus. <laughs> Warning, podcast will make you have to sleep with a fan. Is, is there like an oral version of epilepsy that we have to give a warning for? Uh, it, uh, I don't, maybe. I mean, I feel like I have... If there is, it's going to be this yeah, one. Yeah, it's for sure going to be this one. And I also have epilepsy, so I'm covering every corner. I can shit on <laughs> I can shit on all the Sudep people, the sudden death people who just die in their sleep from seizures. Best way to die. Jesus by the Christ. Way. Best way to die. Clinton Jacobs, man of many yes. camps. 
<laughs> I've done it all. All right. So oh, we, we've talked about how you love like writing that line of will this succeed? Will this fail? Well, unfortunately, this is a podcast all about those failures. So what are some of the biggest risks that you've taken? I mean, you've, you've already touched on a few of them. Like, you know, the, 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 uh, yeah. What are okay. some others? So, um, <laughs> when it comes to being a gay man who does not look gay <laughs> and, <laughs> and you do comedy and you're new and you get asked to do a showcase at a gay club, um, it goes bad because <laughs> people assume that you're really lying that you're actually not gay with all that heinous shit that comes out of your mouth. <laughs> and I don't normally, it's like, like Luke had touched on earlier, is that when I, when I first started, and I still do this, I get loud and I'm yelling and it's like I'm scolding you. It's like, it's, it's, it, it's mean, it's, it's, it's very mean. And if you are, if you are a group of gay men and women uh, coming to see lighthearted, fun, goofy, what you think might be like a drag queen-esque comedy, Little Roast and Burns. They were in for a terrible treat when my homeless ass got on stage. And I had like the beard then. This was at the Below Zero Cabaret place. Uh, uh, permanently yeah. banned from. Uh, I have... <laughs> <laughs> I had like a big beard then and I, I I wore that weird trench coat thing and I just I yeah. looked a mess and my hair was long and I looked horrible and I did not look gay and, and so I did the whole, you know, I don't look gay, I look like I yell at a gas station and nobody got it. They were like, Okay, whatever. <laughs> and they literally thought like this is like a straight person. So I made fun of the room. I remember making fun of the room and saying this looks like the place that La Rosa's dumps all their excess furniture for you gays to come on. And <laughs> And they they did not like that. So yeah, they, they I'm doing that and a couple light chuckles from people and I'm like, okay, perfect. I'm 40 seconds in. Let's just go, let's just let's just hit him with faggot, like just over and over and over. Let's hit him, let's hit him with that word nonstop. So I'm I'm literally railing them with it. And they are I've never seen a group of people not only so mad but also like <laughs> genuine there were people turning their chairs around like getting up and turning their chairs around oh to like not look God. at me and i was like okay so i'm like may i'm just like kind of goofing and and tear what they were like you walked them but they still wanted to see the act Ye after yeah you they were like <laughs> protesting or something i don't know like maybe it's because they spent 30 dollars on a shitty drink and they were like well we can't leave uh so yeah. they would like turn around and afterwards i got like i got off of the uh i got off the stage and they were like uh i, I was like standing there i was like i don't know why they didn't like me and Everyone around was just like looking at me so bad. And I was so uncomfortable because I knew on stage I was bombing, but the whole mindset again was like, okay, how can I how can I save this? Like maybe I'll make fun of the people that are turning around. Maybe that'll get people on my side. Or maybe I'll make fun of the lesbians over there who did not like that. And may <laughs> maybe I'll make fun of the bar again. And it was just like it went from like kind of light chuckles to people like literally arms crossed staring silent 
And I just kept trying to the point that I forget who's running the show, but they gave me the light so early. Like just, just <laughs> please, just please yep. get off. Please get off the stage. <laughs> so at that time I knew what the light was. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, well let me get my notebook and my, and I would just walk off stage. And I remember I got off stage and I was uncomfortable in the room. I was like actually uncomfortable on stage. I was fine, but just, now that it's over and I'm sitting and I'm and people are actively still staring at me while there's another person on stage. And I'm like, this oh, is God. horrible. So I, I, I go to, I was smoking cigarettes at the time. I go to smoke outside thinking like, I'll just, I'll give it a minute. I'll go back up. It'll be fine. No one will care. And then this, this gay couple comes downstairs and I'm like smoking cigarettes and they were like, you. And I was like, oh boy. And they're like, what the hell? Why, why would you ever come in here and do something like that? Just spew like awful hate speech the way you did. And I was like, I did not. I was like, I was just kidding. Like, this is comedy. And they were like, there's no places. There's no place for you. There's not a place for you here. And I was oh like, God. what do you mean there's not a place for me here? And they're like, we don't need these pseudo straight men coming in. I was like, I'm not straight. I'm gay. Oh and and they were like, no, 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 no. Everybody loves to say that being like, oh, I'm gay, I'm gay, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I am gay. And it's like, <laughs> the way I looked at the time still did not help. Like it did, I was like arguing <laughs> with them. And I was like, how do I was like, how do I prove it? Because they were like, well, then prove you're gay. And I was like, well, you want me to suck your dicks? Like, I don't fucking... <laughs> and they were like, see, that's the hate shit right there. And I was like, I don't know how to prove I'm gay to you. Like, how do you guys... Do you guys have cards? Like, what do you have? Like, <laughs> like, what do you have that I don't have? Some rainbow pass that I don't have? So they went and told whoever was up there. And then the security... Security, Jesus. Uh... <laughs> just like a, a dude in black who like sashayed down the stairs was just like uh you can't come back like they don't want you back here and i was like well i, I was like i don't ever come here and they're like i mean like don't come back to the property and i was like <laughs> oh my okay. god so i was really embarrassed but uh i forget who ran that showcase but they were like uh they were like yeah man it happens like Sometimes people, <laughs> sometimes people just don't like you. It happens. Yeah, and I was like, cool. So You're the, the outcast. first person I've ever yeah. heard of. So I'm already an outcast, and I get outcasted banned. by my own people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sick. Now you guys know why I don't look like you. Like I don't want to look like Lady Gaga impersonators everywhere I go. Like this is why. Holy gay men are very shit. judgmental. I'm here to say we should cancel gay men. <laughs> <laughs> Radio Artifact, if everybody is listening, especially in Northside, cancel all gay men. They're toxic. <laughs> Bring back straight masculinity. If we can all get together, I think we can overcome the minority. <laughs> Listen, this is all, it's all fraudulent. It's all fake. Just like all the election and all that stuff. Trump should have won. Let's all just, let's all just say it. <laughs> Oh my God. The best part is me thinking about this. There's going to be people that listen to this entire episode <laughs> and are totally on board with your story and your background. You're a compelling individual. And then they're going to get to the last 10 <laughs> minutes and they're going to be confused as hell because they don't understand satire at all. And you know what? And it's one of those things, man, where it's like, I, I, and I, I get that where people do they, they're like oh that's pretty brash and it's pretty harsh uh, things you to say but it's like yo from a gay man inside the gay community it's not as like fun and light as people think it is like 
cutthroat. You have to look a certain way, be a certain way to be accepted. There's like actual clicks. When I hear people be like, oh my God, we need to protect the gay community. I'm like, dog, they are more toxic than the most toxic men that are straight. Like you have no idea. Cause it is, especially gay men, it's this like, it's the testosterone and it's especially a wealthy gay man, like a wealthy, good looking gay man. They've never been told no, ever. Because it's testosterone against testosterone. So it's like if they want a dude, the likelihood of that dude being like, yeah, we'll, we'll hook up or whatever is pretty high because it's like two dudes, two testosterone-driven dudes, they like never hear no. So when you tell them no or you're like, I'm not interested in that, they come down like hellfire. So I always get weirded out when people are like, we should protect the gays. I'm like, guys, just because I suck a dick or this, or this lesbian eats a pussy does not mean that they cannot be terrible people. Like they can be awful human beings. So yeah, the de- the descriptor sexually aggressive and gay man aren't strangers. No, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, no. They've seen a lot of headlines. No, they've seen a lot of headlines together. Every single episode has been entitled by the person's name. Your episode's gonna be called "We Got Canceled." <laughs> I can assure you. I can assure you that. Uh, you will not get canceled. Um, I, I, well, I can't promise. Uh, but <laughs> Next topic, we need to talk about these thrift shop girls with weird bangs. We need to call them out. <laughs> oh, man, that was the best part about living in Northside was like you would see those kids with like the, the horrible haircuts and the clothes yeah. that like were all dirty. And it was like, sick, guys. So like which, ma- which parent's credit card do you use? Do you use your dad's or your mom's? <laughs> is, it the, is it the black visa that you use? Which one gets better flight miles for your vacation to Florida every year? Which one? (laughs) I couldn't live in that town anymore for that reason. It was just like, man, everybody's so like, they want to be like a, uh, like an urban outfitters ad. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like what they want to look like 24 seven. And it's like, dog, I don't want to be poor. Like why? (laughs) It's not fun. If you're going to dress poor, at least be poor. You have to at least eat out of a trash can once, at least once. You got to have your electric turned off. You got to be able to like shit and then have to shower because you couldn't afford toilet paper. Like you have to go through that aspect of life. You got to sleep on a mattress that has no sheets and no blankets, but you bought the mattress because you were tired of sleeping on the floor. Then you can wear the dirty thrift clothes like you can do that. But you have to go through these steps of like running out of gas on the highway and realizing, oh, I don't have a phone. So let's give people that experience. Let's hide drugs on people so they get a criminal record, lose their jobs. There we go. And then we'll miracle on 34th Street them. Is that the right Christmas movie? <laughs> yeah, let's like well let's let's put them let's put them through this like incredible boot camp of like here's what it's like to have a bad credit score okay here's what it's (laughs) here's what it's like to go to a car lot and then be like not a chance like and like (laughs) (laughs) jesus god oh man you guys won't you guys won't get canceled i promise you (laughs) (laughs) if anything please cancel me i'm tired of existing Canceling sounds really nice. It's just people forget about you, and that would be awesome. So it's a nice vacation. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's warm. It's comforting. Hold on. You're not afraid of being forgotten? Absolutely not. 
All right. Well, now I'm scared of you. <laughs> I'm not a. That's too much power. I'm not. I'm not afraid <laughs> of. My biggest dream in the entire world is to uh, make a bunch of cool music, uh, be successful at it, but then also just uh, no one ever gives a shit about who I am. Like that's why my band Mr. Flies is a character and not actually me. Because it's all the character. It's all this is a character. Yeah. So it, me doesn't matter because they care about the character. Uh, Flies wears like big uh, 50s like Bible man, Bible salesman suits. And he's, he's really weird and, and strange. And it's a very, it's a character. Even on tour, it's a character the entire time. Like it's always just a giant character. So my whole goal is like, I hope it does pop off even more once the world opens back up and touring or whatever. Uh, so people become interested in just the character and not myself because I don't want people to, I, I would love to that happen. And then, and then flies just, I just disappears and people are like, Oh, I wonder what happened to Mr. Flies. And they never care about what happens to me. <laughs> like that's my dream. I would love to just, just disappear. It'd be so sick. Oh my God. That's, yeah, you're terrifying. <laughs> That's such like an Andy Kaufman kind of twisted, like, create this entire guy, get yeah. successful. And the joke is, I got successful. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I just disappear. Yeah. That's it. Because <laughs> when Flies started, Flies' whole thing was to get booked and make venues kick us out. Like, that was the whole thing. <laughs> oh my God. I remember you saying yeah, that. Before, the yeah. The whole point of it was for people to listen to it, hate it and kick us out. We would send purposely good music and then play terrible music. Like that was the whole joke. <laughs> like it was it was a joke. And then it started getting slowly a following and then I, I was doing more and more and more and then this dude who worked with like Melvin's, Jesus Lizard, Nirvana, all these dudes was like, "Yeah, I want to like do your album. Like I get it. I know what you're doing and I love it. Like I want to I want to invest so you can keep doing it." So he, Oh my god. He fully gets do it. You do you have time to like talk about what one of those shows was like where people didn't get it? Oh, absolutely. Dude, I have the best one. Um, yeah. I, I wrote it down <laughs> and I will never forget this in my entire life. I had an opportunity <laughs> to open up for Flyleaf and <laughs> and I took it. <laughs> I took it, I took it, I took it, I took it so goddamn hard. As soon as the words fly leaf came off of someone's tongue with my name attached to it, I said, there is no goddamn way I'm not letting this happen. Because at the time, she was she turned full Christian. She was Lacey Strum from Flyleaf. So she was hardcore yeah. Christian, and in between songs, they did prayers. Oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, I have to play this. So we got it. Of course, we were, we were pitched. We got it. Um, I'd never been so... It was at Bogart's. Uh, the show sold the fuck out. It was 1,500 people deep. And we were the, oh we were the opening band. And when I tell you... I was literally, I, you, my smile could have went to my fucking ears. I knew exactly what I was going to do. <laughs> I knew exactly how bad I was going to be. And not like purposely bad because it was, it, what we were doing was good, but I knew that they were going to hate it. I knew from the yeah. get go they were going to hate this shit. And we got out there, we're in the, the Bible suits and the weird stuff and I'm doing my thing. And I, um, 
Mr. Flies has a voice, and it's kind of like this when I talk. It's, it's disheveled. And I was like, hi, uh, my name's Mr. Flies. His name's Mr. Flies, and we are Mr. Flies. Also, fuck God. And then we just went, <laughs> <laughs> went into our shit, which our first song is called Bible Thumper. And that is about people who sell, by, the people who like push religion, and it doesn't help you. It doesn't save you. And like, it's just words to just like cope. Like, when people are like, oh, I'll pray for you, it's like, I have stage four cancer. Like, I need medical help. <laughs> like, not prayers. Um, oh, what did it feel like for the air to leave that room? Dog. Like, wow. Okay. So, the, not only did the air leave the room, I could, it, so Bogarts for your listeners is a massive music venue in Cincinnati. It's off Vine Street. It holds 1,500 people. And when you walk in, there's a bar in the very back, and then you look shotgun style to the stage. When I say that in between songs while I was tuning my guitar, I could hear the bartender in the back scooping ice. That's how quiet it was. <laughs> Genuine <laughs> anger, Christians mad, like silent. <laughs> I took that as an opportunity to talk. So I would, I'd be tuning and I'd say the typical stupid shit where I'd be like, is every, everybody having a good time? We having a good time tonight? Are you guys, are you guys excited for Flyleaf? Even though she did not, it was Lacey's drum, not Flyleaf. So because she, was on, she was on heroin then. That's why she doesn't want to talk about Flyleaf. And I was like, we love Flyleaf. We're big fly heads. That's why we named it Mr. Flies. We like, we were huge fans. We love drugs. This next song's called Queer Fear. Uh, if you have a problem with gay people, let me know after the show. I'll suck your dick about it. And then we'd like, <laughs> I, I, I was smiling so big. We got through, we were supposed to do a 20 minute slot. I think we got like 12 or 13 minutes in. And it, now in music, it's different. There's no light, there's no anything like that. You know when you're done when they cut your monitors. So, and they cut the monitors. I mean, they cut the floor monitors, and I was like, I ain't gonna stop me. I don't give a shit. They, got the, <laughs> they cut the floor monitors first, which is a good sign to be like, wrap it up, you're done. Cuts the floor monitors, and the guy comes on through the monitor, the, the floor monitor, and he's like, you've got one minute. And I was like, okay. So he cuts that. I turn around. I'm like, no, we're just gonna keep playing. So we keep playing. Then they cut the, they cut the mains. So there's no mains. And at that point, people are clapping. They're like, <laughs> they're like, yes, yes, we're getting what we wanted. So, you know, I'm like, why well, I want to play here again. So I'm not gonna like <laughs> completely ruin this. So I got done and I was like, uh, I was like, you know, I was like, thank you so much. We're Mr. Flight. And my mic was off. So I then I like yelled out and I was like, we have merch if anybody wants any merch. <laughs> <laughs> Up next is Flyleaf. Have a good night. And it was just like <laughs> And it's Christians have a way of making you feel so bad, <laughs> and and not in a way where they're like they were still nice afterwards. And it's fifteen hundred people leaving this venue, and my ass is like I should still try to sell merch. So <laughs> I'm standing there with my shit as people are leaving, and a couple parents would come up and be like, you know, I'm. I like the, I like your voice. I like this. I like the sound and stuff. But I just I really I really I really believe that there's something wrong with you. <laughs> there is there is something and there's something wrong. And me and my family, we're gonna pray. 
we're going to pray. <laughs> and that was like every other family. So it was just like, they would never say anything mean, but they would just be like, we're going to shit talk you to God. Like, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and that for sure was like, the, it's afterwards. I was happy, but at the same time, like, it's, af- it's off stage, just like with comedy. It's off stage. On stage, I have no fear. Off stage, terrified. And then when I'm standing yeah. there, and you, I don't know if you guys ever get in those moments where you, where you're in a situation where like your gut says, I need to leave. Like I'm embarrassed. I need to leave. But for some reason, your legs yeah. won't work. Like yeah. your body, <laughs> your whole, your mind is screaming. There is a fire going on and everything is burning down. And outside your body, you're just smiling and standing still. <laughs> like <laughs> that was me for 30 minutes where I was like, well, if I leave, I'm embarrassed. Are you in character still when you get off stage? Absolutely. Are you talking in the voice? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I still have the suit on. I and it's it's up to my tits high pants. I look like a dirty clown. The it stinks too. It's all dirty and nasty and uh, the pink big pink shoes and I'm just like standing there and yeah, it's all that sets in where I'm just like, "Oh god. I look so stupid." And these people are, are <laughs> these people are doing what my mom would do to me, which is just not that my mom's bad, but just like the 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 guilt shit where I'm like, oh, yeah. the, the bless your heart thing, right? Yes, <laughs> or like you tried, and that's that's <laughs> fine. And I was like, oh my god! And I remember we did. I of course not a single thing sold. Shock, but uh, <laughs> I was carrying the merch back, and I remember just watching people like stare me down and i was just like this sucks like this sucks this is <laughs> this is bad bad oh my god that's such a great story I, though. I just i love how you started out by pissing off so many gay people and then you just ricochet <laughs> to the opposite end of the spectrum where you're pissing off every christian <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, I, I, I do want to reiterate that, you know, I don't I don't hate all gay people, but I feel like as as a gay man, there there is a lot of hip hip, hip I can't say it. Hip hip. I'm having a seizure. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's a lot of what's the hypocrisy. Is that the right yes, word? Yep. And in, in the gay community and also in the Christian world, too, where it's like. Yo, man, we can be bad. Like, we ain't we ain't perfect. Like, it's cool. I want to see more. I respect more people when they're like, there's too many people that are like, well, there's somebody who's like creepy, like a gay dude who's creepy or weird and stuff like that. And and people are like, well, you know, he's he's gay, so just give him a break. It's like, no, don't. I'm always of the opinion, and I'm not going to say if you get offended, you're wrong. Right. But if you get made fun of, and fun's the key word there. Yeah. And you get offended, then you deserved it. You were wrong. Yes. That guy was right for making fun of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm a hundred percent down. Yeah, and, and also with comedy too. I've seen it a I've seen it a ton. That showcase was a bad example because I did not have a comedy mindset to like really save myself in that situation. I feel if I did it yeah. now even though I don't feel like I'm super skilled, I feel like from the skill level I was then, because I was like barely a year in, to where I'm at now, I feel like I could have handled that situation so much better and made it made it oh, a yeah. lot more fun and made it completely a better experience for everybody where I could do my jabs but also save myself. 
you know, a jab and a yeah. compliment. And but I've seen it at the club where I see people go up and they pl- they they they're safe when they see if they see a gay couple or something like that. I've seen comedians, especially working at the club, I've seen comedians see a gay table and then just talk about something that involves gay rights to feel like they're including them. And it seems so out of touch to what they're actually talking about. And then you see people look around the room to see, oh, that's the gay table. And I think that's worse when it's like oh, yeah. gay people, when they come to a comedy club, they're used to drag queens. They want to be roasted. They want to be <laughs> roasted. Like a good drag queen is, is funny as hell and they can roast the shit out of you. And gays love to be made fun of. We love making fun of people. But it's, I think when you do the weird, like walk on the tiptoes and you, and you see them and you're like, well, you know, you, you, you guys are doing it. You guys are the real heroes. It's like, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, just because I swallow strange cum does not make me a hero. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make me a savior. I've not done anything else other than maybe not dirty up a towel. That's it. Like, <laughs> it makes you a hero to maybe one person, right. and maybe not even. Yeah, them. it makes me a hero. And the guy's like, "Cool, I can get out of here a lot quicker than what I was planning." To. <laughs> <laughs> But you guys won't get canceled. Cancel me. <laughs> this podcast is fun. Cancel me. I am a good guy, but I am kind of tired of existing. So just write your blog. At least tag me in it so I can frame it. I'd love to hang that shit up. So. <laughs> Holy shit. Clinton, this has been an absolute blast, dude. Thank you so much for coming on to the no, show. Thank like, you, guys. You guys. Yeah, it's so much fun, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I can't tell you enough, dude. Just like hearing the whole progression of your story is I love learning about people, especially people that I've already known for yeah. a little bit. So like any kind of peek behind the curtain is like, oh, well, that's that's why that's why they're like. That. Yeah, that's that's why, <laughs> that's why I'm disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we needed when you asked you when we asked you on a reason. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, I figured you guys asked me on because you needed a woke token. So I figured you needed. <laughs> have you asked Phil Pointer yet to be on? <laughs> you got to cover all the bases. Us. We have to revamp the whole show now. <laughs> yeah, you got your gay on. So you guys are good for a couple months. I mean, this buys you some time.